Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision truly your own. Our motto, keep it real. All right, in this week's episode, it's just Nikhil and I. Uh, we are here to talk all about what, what we think are some of the top barriers to success um, for high school and for college students. So we've gotten together, we've put our heads together, and we've come up with what we think are the six top barriers to success in high school and college, and ultimately, how you as our listeners can overcome them. I'm excited for this. Nikhil, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm so ready to tackle some of these barriers because I know there are issues that a lot of high school students face and hopefully they'll be able to relate and you know we can just dive right in. Yeah so the first one uh, that I really thought was a huge barrier for a lot of students is the environment and that can be sort of broad to a lot of people because your environment can mean a lot of different things. It could be like a family environment, a social environment, income, and a lot of other factors But what it really boils down to is the environment in which you're raised, in which you come up, really influences the level of attainment you have in education. And that's just a statistical fact. No matter where it is, a lot of people have factors that are disadvantages or advantages in how well they're able to do in education. Um, One factor that was really important in my development was my school environment. It really changed the way that I approach college admissions. Now, a lot of schools have a lot of college admissions counselors and resources that are available to their students. But for me, that wasn't necessarily an option. Just right off the bat, I had to learn how to deal with it on my own. And when you don't have that guidance necessarily, you're put in a situation where you're immediately at a disadvantage. And I know there are a lot of other disadvantages that people are dealing with, so I'm not going to complain on my end, but the uh, the school environment I had really did affect the way that I approached my college admissions, and in doing that, I learned the importance of doing research on my own when it came to the college application. Learning on your own in whatever environment you're in almost forces you to assume ownership of your application rather than relying on someone else to take care of it for you. Once you take ownership of your application, on that end, it becomes much easier to really make it your own. And I guess the main point that I'm trying to make on environment there is that your surroundings really do impact how you perceive yourself, your application, and your goals. Because whatever those factors might be that are influencing your application, they really do make a huge difference and can be a significant barrier on uh, how you send out your applications to all those different colleges. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad you dove into that, Nikhil, because um, it's interesting that you and I both came from very similarly sized schools, yet had different experiences. Because I had access to a college counselor and felt like I was supported in that way, but still had to do most of the stuff on my own. And um, neither of my parents really had any experience with college, and so getting getting them to understand things was difficult. And um, something that I kind of wanted to talk everyone through is is building upon your point that that whether we like it or not, no matter how independent we think that we are, um, we are all subject to these external pressures from our family, from our friends, from, from our city, and, and, and from the world that we live in. Um, and so I wanted to walk us through, through a brief exercise and just like really wrapping our head around 
what are those pressures that are upon you right now? Because sometimes we don't really stop and think about them. Um, and, and, and it takes, it takes a bird's eye view. Um, so take, first of all, take a, take a look at these different circles of influence around you. Nikhil talked about school, but, but oftentimes for us, it starts with our family. Um, and, and that can be what, whatever it looks like for you, the people who are closest to you on a daily basis. So who are those people and, and kind of what, what kind of energy, what, what kind of, you know, maybe opinions or thoughts are they expressing towards you about your school and your academic experience, maybe your thoughts about college, um, maybe your thoughts about career, um, you know, if you're already in college, maybe what you're doing, how you're, how you're managing your pursuits there. So what does your family think about that? And then if you take a step outside of that, that's probably your school or your work community. And so they see you pretty frequently as well. They're not quite as close and intimate to you as your family is, but they're still pretty close. Um, and like Nikhil talked about, you know, the tendencies of your school and your work environment um, can have a big impact on you. So an example of that would be for me, I was going to a school where students were essentially trained to, to go out and kind of go out to these these top tier universities. And for me, I felt like that was a lot of pressure because I didn't know if, you know, an, an elite IB school was going to be right for me. And I didn't want to just apply um, just because it, what, it was what everybody else was doing. So that was an external pressure I was dealing with at school. Then you expand to your city and then you expand to the world. Um, we're constantly being exposed to, you know, different forms of media. And, you know, so many of us are on social media and, and, and that really, you know, whether we like it or not, it tells us what to think. It tells us how to act, how to feel, how to dress, how to look. Um, and it oftentimes influences our, our educational and our college and our career plans. And so what, it, what this is really about is opening your eyes to all these things that, that can be impressing their opinion and, and their own pressure upon you. And then taking an assessment of, okay, how do I respond to that? Like Nikhil said, that means really taking ownership of, of what you want. Um, and, and, you know, how, it starts with asking how do those environments affect you? You know, maybe your family, um, they're talking to you a lot about your future, but maybe at your school, most students don't, don't leave that, that city that they grow up in to go to college. And so maybe your family is pressuring you to go off to school and it would be completely weird for you to do that amidst your own community. So as you go through these different circles of influence, the point is, I can guarantee you, you are going to find competing opinions where the world will tell you one thing and maybe your parents will tell you another. Your friends tell you one thing and then the rest of your community just seems to compete with that. So the moral of that story is that no matter what you choose, you are going to, somebody's going to approve what you're doing and someone is going to disapprove. It's simply a fact. It's going to happen. And so my message for you is to expect it. And in fact, expect the, expect the adversity and even welcome it. Because oftentimes when, when, we face, when we face adversity, it most often means that we're kind of trailblazing our own path. And if it feels right to you, if you really are pursuing your unique interests, um, it's, it's worth writing out that adversity. I know I've had to do it with myself, with, with everybody from friends of mine that, that I lost because they, they didn't really like what I was doing, even though I wasn't harming anyone, to family. And that can be hard, um, but those people usually come around eventually when they see that you're thriving and that you're doing well. And in fact, it inspires others to do the same. So get serious about the circles of influence, expect adversity. Yeah, and I'm really glad you hammered down on those circles of influence because they do have a huge impact on the way we live, not even just with academics, but with everything. And being cognizant of that and taking that bird's eye view, like you said, really allows us to um, make the most of our own opportunities. And I guess that kind of brings me into uh, a more focused view of the circles of influence, specifically with the social group. Um, in high school and in college, Students often find themselves doing activities in order to be a part of a certain social group. They see the social group as being the driving factor, not the activity itself. And they find themselves doing things they're not really as passionate about 
just because of that social group. Students who choose activities that they genuinely enjoy are just really more happy with their high school experience. The right social group will follow if you just choose activities that you're genuinely passionate about because common interests are really what bridges that divide, what builds good relationships. Um, if you're forcing yourself to make relationships outside of your common interests, that's not really a winning recipe right there. And a lot of the time when you're dealing with peer pressure and that influence that Morgan was talking about, uh, the students are making decisions based on who they wanna be surrounded with and they're allowing other people to shape their interests for them. And then they really just don't feel like their high school experience is their own. They don't take that ownership that we were talking about. And when you're looking at that from a more application perspective, it becomes pretty obvious when you're being a sheep instead of a shepherd. You're really following everyone else instead of taking command of yourself and what you love and what you enjoy. It's pretty transparent. You can see passion through an application and you can see passion based on you know, the activities a person does. And so really the point there is to aim to lead others towards your vision, not the other way around. It's okay to kind of separate yourself from everyone else if you know that your vision is what you want. And even if you don't know what you wanna do, you can't let other people make the decisions for you. Um, even in an application standpoint, you're looking at a situation where your application and your high school experience just isn't yours. And colleges will be able to see through that and it'll end up hurting, hurting you quite a bit in the long run just from a mental standpoint. Yeah, that, that's really good. I know Nikhil and I were talking about this earlier that when applying to colleges, you are literally asked to, you know, prove yourself and explain yourself to these admissions committees in order to get into a school that they have their own sheet as well. They have their own criteria that they're meeting. They have their own types of students that they're looking for. And, um, you know, we really are charged with, with this challenge of taking who we are and fitting it to what that school is looking for. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, picking schools that already kind of align with who you are. So it makes that process easier, but also not being afraid to just like be yourself. There are so many times, and Akil and I talked about this, that I would get edits on my essays that I was submitting to a college that just totally changed the tone. It didn't sound like me. And I would try it and it would sound unnatural. And so I'm really glad you talked about that. Be careful of the social groups you're around and, and, and being a sheep and not a shepherd. I love that. Um, and be sure you're turning that around in your applications. Like the schools that want you will accept you. Um, okay, speaking of time and not rambling on and on, um, I wanted to talk about time management and I know that for many it's not a very exciting topic, but I think that high school and high school and college, but particularly high school, is probably the best time to practice our skills in time management because we have a lot of it. I know it doesn't feel like it, but we have a lot of time. Um, and all that time is spent on, on developing and educating ourselves. And so I have a few points I wanted to deliver here. Number one is to get serious about the time you're wasting. We all waste time. Um, and it's one of the worst feelings that I have sometimes. Um, number two is to get intentional about the time that you have. And number three is whatever you are doing, be fully present. Um, so get serious about the time that you're wasting. Um, I have a statistic here that I was going to bring up and talk about how much time high schoolers spend on their screens, but I don't even need to tell you because <laughs> we all know that it's a lot of time. Um, and for many of us, it can be multiple hours a day. And when you do the math, that's a lot of time. Um, and so often, you know, oftentimes, you know, when students would tell me, I'm up late at night doing homework, I don't have time to study, I'm under so much stress, how am I supposed to do college applications? Like, trust me, I get it. It's hard. And 
those are the times where it's even easier to pick up your phone and get distracted and, and take your mind off of it for a moment. Um, but the reality is that you're making the process even more stressful for yourself. Um, I was, um, I was talking with one of our previous guests, Scott Matthew, and he talked about how, you know, one of the most prized skills in millennials today is the ability to just focus on one task at a time because we are losing that skill. Um, and so please, 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 please practice that in high school, especially during college up season, practice it in college, put your phone in another room, um, and just get, and just get the work done. Uh, if I need a break, I go on a quick walk. I'll stretch for a little bit. Don't pick up the phone. We know what happens. You get stuck there for hours. Okay. Get intentional about the time that you have. Um, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Nikhil talked about, you know, being aware of your environment. Um, I talked about different pressures that that environment can have and, and how, and he talked about, you know, that your, your social circles can kind of pull you into doing different things. But the reality is we only have 24 hours a day and it's up to us to decide how we're going to spend it. So saying that I talked about, you know, those circles of influence start to take a, a really bird's eye view of, of how you spend your time. How intentional are your mornings? You know, do you wake up and you're picking up your phone right away? Are you in a mad rush to go to school and then you're in a mad rush to come home and maybe you get to your homework late at night? Take a bird's eye view and you'll be surprised at, at the little gaps that you can start to tighten up with just a little bit of planning. I'm not saying you have to get an agenda that's not for everybody, um, but, but start to really look at it and you will start to find the resources to start managing it better. I'll let you guys figure that out. Um, last but not least, whatever you're doing, be fully present. Um, and honestly, this is probably the hardest for me. And I think that's because, you know, throughout high school, um, sometimes I would want to do my math homework while I was having dinner, like watching a show with my parents because I want to spend time with them, but I still had a lot of work to do. Um, or I'd be listening to a podcast while I'd be doing homework or working, or even like working on my resume for, for, for my common app. And, um, the reality is that your brain can only do one thing at a time. And so as you try to multitask, you're starting to, you're just prolonging that amount of time that you have to spend on that task. Um, so I made a rule for myself that um, I don't bring my computer up into the kitchen with my family. I leave it at my desk here in my room um, so that when I'm working, I'm working and that's it. Um, and when I'm with my family or I'm taking a break, that's my space. And it's really healthy to do that. It allows you to really maximize the time that you spend in both departments because they're both important. Um, so whatever you are doing, be fully, fully present. And I hope that helps a little bit with time management. Yeah, I'm really glad you made that last point. I am not exactly the best person to talk about time management, to be honest, but those, those last two especially really resonated with me. Ever since I started keeping a planner and a calendar, it really changed the way that I approached my time management, even getting to things on time, not missing appointments, stuff like that. Just those one or two extra missed appointments that I avoided just really changed the way that I went about my day-to-day -day business. And when you're talking about being present and not multitasking, uh, especially in the college application process, I really struggled with multitasking because it's hard to really focus in on that essay or really get started on those COMNAP activities. And when you're multitasking, you feel like you're studying while you're doing things that are supposed to be entertaining. And eventually you just feel like you've been studying for longer, but your focus has just been drawn away. And it's really a lose-lose situation. You're less productive and you feel like you've gotten less time for entertainment. And that's still something that I really struggle with because distraction is a huge issue for our generation. And I am absolutely horrible at it, but it's something to really hone in on and focus on just practicing uh, doing one thing at a time. High school and college is the time to practice it because the last thing you want to do is like, 
when you have a job in the real world, anyone who works knows this, like, especially if you, if you work in a technical field and you have real work and things to get done, the last thing you want to do is be wasting time when someone else is, is paying for your time and your energy. Um, so try it now, mess up now, waste the time now and learn how to stop wasting it. Um, and it'll save you a lot later. I totally agree with that. Well, you know better than I do being in a professional setting on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's really something that you just can't do in a job. That's just not an option anymore. Um, speaking of time and how you spend it, sometimes there's an issue in when it comes to college applications of comparing how you spend time to how others spend time. And that's a huge barrier for a lot of students. People receive some sort of comparison, both internally and externally, based on how they use their time in high school. And starting from a more external standpoint, it's important to note that college applications and the high school years are not a time of competition. Admissions processes are painted as this sort of competitive process and students are characterized and named based on being competitive and not competitive. You're competitive for this school, but you're not very competitive for this one uh, and such, but that doesn't mean that your personality as a whole has to be competitive. People focus so much time on getting the leg up on others and they don't really focus on bettering themselves. And they get into the spiral that, uh, where you sort of determine your worth based on how you do in the college admissions process versus how others do it. And that's just not a healthy cycle. And I know that is a huge phenomenon in certain communities. I know coming from uh, the Indian American community, that's a huge issue uh, of comparison. And a lot of students with my background have had that complaint to me. Thankfully, I didn't grow up in an environment where that was an emphasis, but I know a lot of people who had similar backgrounds to me who really struggled with that because they were constantly being told about how other people were spending their time and what the opinions of other people are. But it's important to note that the opinions of those other people really don't matter because first of all, they're not too much more informed than yours and you're not really seeing the full picture of someone else's life. And when you're letting an outsider paint it for you, you're getting this unrealistic description of how life should be, about how much effort you should put in, what your effort should be put into. And especially in uh, the Indian American community, that's been a huge struggle for students to the point where they feel like giving up on college applications or they don't feel like they're inherently good enough. And at that point, you just can't give energy to the people who don't deserve it. If comparison is becoming a big part of your life from the outside, you start to develop this complex of, uh, well, what have I done? And I'm not good enough for other people. I'm not good enough for these applications. And you hear all these stories about great accomplishments from other people, but their accomplishments have nothing to do with yours. And when you're looking from the outside, you don't see the important details on the inside that really do define a person's life. Yeah, it really doesn't, it doesn't do, it doesn't do you any favors to compare yourself to others. And, and like you say, Nikhil, sometimes from our background, we're pressured and, and encouraged to compare ourselves to others. Um, but sometimes you just have to cut it off. I know that, um, that for me, like, especially during college app season, when a conversation would start and like students would start comparing where they were applying and like comparing test scores and all sorts of stuff like that, I would just leave like I would just walk away because there's always going to be someone who is better than you in some way or another and like Nikhil says like that's just one part of it that's just one part 
So separate yourself from those situations if you need to and find people who build you up. Like they are there. Sometimes we all need a little bit of a pep talk. If you need it, just reach out to Nikhil and I. We are here for you. <laughs> um, but, but let's go ahead. What'd you say? Oh, I said for sure. We're, we're more than happy to talk to anybody. I wanted to also talk a little bit about what that comparison does internally. Um, there are a lot of challenges with the application process, like Morgan was saying, and if you start to internalize those, feel free to reach out to people because it becomes hard to manage stress properly, to uh, avoid lashing out at other people, and it affects the way that you interact with other people. And honestly, I know a lot of high schoolers can relate. They were pretty high strung during certain parts of the year when it came to application season. And it's important to be conscious of how that workload is affecting your emotional state because it becomes easy to feel incompetent or underprepared for certain portions of the application process. Some people have confidence issues with test taking, struggles in the classroom. They can't keep up with all their activities. I know for me, I struggled with a lot of confidence issues on writing because I'm not necessarily the best writer. And it really does take a toll because you start to feel like you're not prepared for college, you're not um, good enough for it. And if you do end up in that situation, reach out to people you love, people who love you, reach out to us, we're always willing to help, or just reach out to friends who won't be judgmental and will be there to support you. So true, so true. And like, again, the real talk starts here, but we hope it doesn't end here. You are not the only one that, are, that, you know, you're not the only one comparing yourself to other people. Oftentimes, the, those who are most outspoken and, and feel the need to brag and compare more and more are most insecure. Um, so if you can have the boldness to, to speak out and say, like, geez, I'm really tired of, like, feeling like I have to compare or compete with everyone, everybody will relate to you because we are all in the same process. Um, and I've formed some really good friendships through just recognizing that college applications are tough. But hey, we don't have to be sheep throughout the process. We can still be our own selves. Um, there's totally room for that. That's actually um, most of the reason. We're going to go ahead and uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was saying this most of the reason why this podcast started, just really being able to band together around that, this whole process. True, true. No, I like when I was posting those rejection letters out, I remember the the time that I posted my rejection letter to Duke and literally right as I closed out from posting that on my Instagram story, I saw one of my friends from this like high school program I did. She had just gotten in and for a split second, I was like, did she do something more than me? Like what, like maybe she must have had better test scores. Like what was it? And then I caught myself, I had gotten stuck in this comparison trap. And so, um, and then people would reach out thanking me for posting rejection letters like that because everybody gets them. Mm -hmm. So get beyond the hype. Nobody, nobody is getting it everywhere. Nobody has it all figured out. Um, and you might be surprised at people's responses when you open up a bit. So thank you for sharing that, Nikhil. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up with one final, with one final, uh, with one final topic. And it's something I think we can all relate to probably not only in high school or college, but throughout life, which is this pressure to find a specific focus and one passion that you are going to pour all of your academic and professional energy into for the rest of your life. And by the way, you have to figure it out in college. And if you haven't figured it out in college, you should probably figure it out even earlier in high school. No, 
Um, and I say this is this is you know this is something that you can get rid of, and it's it's a myth that you can totally dispel. Not just because it's my own opinion, but the research continues to show that it is actually okay to have many interests and many skills. And in fact, it might help you to stand out above the rest, um, as opposed to people who focus on just one very specific and technical domain. Um, I pulled one quote from this book called Range, Why Generalists Trump in a Specialized World. I would definitely recommend it. It's by David Epstein. Um, and I wanted to read this quote to you all. Um, it says, modern work demands knowledge transfer, the ability to apply knowledge to new situations and different domains. Our most fundamental thought processes have changed to accommodate increasingly complex, increasing complexity and the need to derive new patterns rather than rely only on familiar ones. He goes on to say in this example that the labs in which scientists had more diverse professional backgrounds were the ones where more and more varied analogies were offered and where breakthroughs were more reliably produced when the unexpected arose. The reality is we live in a world that is constantly changing and innovation is happening every single day. And so what that means for us is that we don't have to feel so pressured to find one thing that we're interested in. And in fact, we've talked about this in previous episodes. I would encourage you to go back. I think it was our episode with Jeremy. We'll link it in the show notes, show notes where he talked about, you know, when he was going through college, some of the best ways in which he spent his energy was developing skills that he could transfer across industries and across careers. The ability to think critically, to work on a team, to, to do public speaking, um, to you know to analyze situations that he's never been in before um, and this was something I started to grasp in, in high school as well and so for me when I was in my calc or my physics class I would treat it as an exercise in critical thinking um, and that really helped me to you know if, if, if you know if you're in certain classes that you're not totally loving it that's a great way to kind of push beyond to say hey I'm not just learning x y and z in this syllabus but this is actually an exercise in, in, in using my brain and using my energy to do something outside of my comfort zone it is truly a valuable skill, and I mean truly valuable. Like this, this makes you valuable in the workforce, um, and it'll help you to tackle anything that life throws at you. So, release the pressure. There, there's no, there's no pressure to find one thing. Um, you know, Nikhil's a full-time student. He's doing research. He's doing like amazing projects with like companies near his school, and he's doing the podcast and all sorts of stuff. And I'm doing different things as well. And and sometimes it can be kind of crazy to have your energy going in different ways, but. Um, but I think it's also really exciting and it's very okay. So yeah. I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, Nikhil. But yeah, no, for I sure. I really good. liked how you brought up the, the workforce because a lot of people just think about how what they're learning right now applies to their life in the workforce or employment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of employers say that the trait that they most look for in employees is the ability to problem solve when they might not get it the first time around. The you know, not quitting when you're not able to solve a problem. In the real world, the problem set isn't the same every single time. And when you're mm -hmm. dealing with people who just specialize over and over again, uh, you can get really good at something, but you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to grow beyond um, a very limited constraint. And when you specialize, it's great. You're able to get that security at the very beginning, but you're not allowing the opportunity for growth. And that's really what helps define a career rather than a job. So when people tell you that specializing is the key to employment, really think about the long-term implications of that, because there's a huge difference between getting that initial job and really building a whole lifestyle and a whole career around your skills. And, and you know, that's not to say that if you have, if you have something you're really passionate about, don't go for it. Absolutely go for it. Like, you know yourself you know what you're good at. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that intuition, what we're most pulled to toward is, is something that we really need to listen to. Um, but, 
but you know, it's, it's, we can get tired of, of anything and it's always good to change things up. And I think it's always good to just be learning new things. Um, so no matter what you do, see how you can just push out of your comfort zone little by little, um, because you'll be surprised at the way in which it actually improves your, your ability to perform really well in that very specialized um, position that you hold. Um, so I'm super glad that we got to cover all of these things. I feel like it's a really good reminder to me right now, um, because these things really do transfer in and out of school. Um, and we, you know, we would love to hear your feedback as our audience, Nikhil and I love doing these episodes, just the two of us as well, because we get to throw ideas back and forth. And this is how the podcast started in the first place. So, um, so thanks so much, Nikhil. This was really fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was good hearing your opinion on a lot of that, because it's really helpful for me, too, because this process just doesn't stop in high school. It goes on throughout college, throughout your career. And this is a great place to start. It's a great place to build a foundation. Sure thing. Sure thing. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what we tackle in the next episode to all of our guests. If there's any topic that you want us to address or any burning question you have, please send it to Nikhil and I, and we would love to tack it on. We have some good guests coming up in the future as well. Um, but in the meantime, we're really enjoying bringing these opinion pieces to you and we'd love to hear what you think about it. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Hey, Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? <laughs> we always keep it real here at ICT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.